Welcome to the Sports and Torts podcast and its presentation of college football's last call. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, the boys bring you their thoughts on this week in college football. Week six has come and gone, and your boys are back for this week's episode of College Football's Last Call. If you're listening to us, you have found the podcast new home, but want to remind everyone, The Last Call is officially now its own podcast. So if you're enjoying our weekly discussions on college football, we hope that you are. Click that subscribe button so you get notifications of our new episodes. Lawrence, Jason, what's shaking? Good, good evening, Josh. Good to see you again, bud. It's been a minute. Hey, good evening. I've, I've got my... Uh... I'm taking my show on the road. I'm broadcasting here from Dallas, Texas. How was the state fair today, Jason? It was exhausting. Uh, it was, you know, drinking a bunch of beers out of paper cups is is, is a tough job, and, and I feel like I was just the man to do it, but I'm tired. How many calories <laughs> did you consume of fried foods today? Because that's where my head's going. Yeah, zero. Zero. I save all my calories for uh, alcohol. Um, but it was slammed today being Columbus day. I think some of the kids are out of school. Um, there are some logistical errors on our part, uh, that I have to take responsibility for. Uh, but nonetheless, the kids had a good time. You know, you know what I like about last call, Josh is we're a very, we're an accountable group. You make mistakes, hand raised, you own it. And we're good at that. True. Speaking of, speaking of mistakes, I think it was not a mistake, Lawrence. We, we teed off this morning. Got nine holes in at eight o'clock. First tee time out. Home back at work by nine forty at most. I think it's the best game in town. It was a good so. start, and we were six inches away from actually getting drunk by noon because our friend Chip Schmilk um, almost holed one out on uh, on Seminole Six. We were announcing a three day weekend. We, we pulled up, and it was about as close as I've ever seen, truthfully, without it going in. Um, but anyway, so UGA, Auburn, Lawrence, we were there. Jason, you were watching from afar. Uh, great day, great weekend, um, great game. What you got? Uh, you know, we talked about this on Saturday at the game. In years past, a you know, 42 to 10 drubbing of Auburn, we would have been on cloud nine. Uh, but turns out we're, we watch these games a little bit more critical eye now, and we have higher expectations for the team. Um, the first half was a very sleepy first half, and it wasn't until Stetson had that 64-yard run where I think he finally settled in in the fourth quarter, um, and we finally got to see the offense do what they can do. Um, defense, I thought, was stellar. Nolan Smith came to play. Malachi Starks had a couple great plays on the ball. Uh, Big Bear Alexander started to get more reps. So I was really happy with the way the defense played. Um, they kept Robbie Ashford just on his toes the entire time. He threw more balls, I think, to the fourth row in Sanford Stadium than, uh, than he did completed downfield. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> the first half was a little slow coming out. We were still up 14 nothing at halftime. Again, I'm never concerned. Uh, but, yeah, we were slow coming out of the gates. We, yeah, definitely not an A game. Uh, but, Josh, to your point, you win 42-10, you cover the spread uh, against Auburn, right? Uh, I get it. They're a basketball school now, and then, you know, they've, they've moved away from football. Um, but, you, you know, um, not as exciting as, as I thought it would be. Uh, a few high points. Uh, Branson Robinson looked awesome. Awesome. I mean, uh, we talked about it earlier on this, but you know, said he's, he's a, a little Nick Chubb or, or 
you know, Nick Chubb reincarnated. And he had some runs that looked really similar. Dejan looked great. Stetson, not so great. Uh, that run was fantastic. And that boy's got wheels on him. But, uh, you know, look, uh, we're not clicking on all cylinders. But you, you get the W, you move on 6-0, and number one in the country. What can you complain about? Yeah, yeah, to Lawrence's point, you know, we were in we were in the game at Sanford and it was a weird vibe in the first half. I mean, we were up was it 14 nothing mm-hmm. at half? Four, what was it? Um which you know, against Auburn you would take that 10 times out of 10, but the stadium was kind of like, eh, a little underwhelmed. Um Stetson, there's some people talking about it. Just like, what's going on here? What's wrong? It was so markedly different than he'd been in the beginning of the year and um you know, the only thing I can think of is, you know, A.D. Mitchell not being there is a huge blow. I think that what we're seeing is that we don't have that, like, speed guy, that dude, that that over-the-top threat that defenses are worried about. Um, and that's going to pose a problem because I, I guess they're just locking down on, on Bowers and just saying we're not going to let this dude beat us. I mean, you know, that's, that's my I guess. think it's less, um, less missing A.D. Mitchell, and I think it's actually more between his ears. Uh, quite frankly, I think that Stetson, when he's got a chip on his shoulder, when everyone's questioning him and why should he be the quarterback and the other people should be playing ahead of him, uh, motivates him. And I think coming into the season, he was still kind of hearing that. And now he's making, you know, he's got onion ring commercials and sock commercials and he's making a million dollars a year. And uh, there was Heisman talk and maybe he's reading his press clippings. You know, as Nick Saban likes to say, the rat poison's getting to him uh, because when he did have players wide open downfield like Brock Bowers and Lad McConkey. And granted, you know, Lad has had some uh, some hands issues. He missed the throws. Well, Larry, the good news is I think uh, Stet doesn't have to worry about that Heisman talk anymore. <laughs> uh, so it's been three weeks since he's thrown a touchdown pass. As soon as Sean Traub got on board with him, he started playing like crap. That guy's mush. So we had 500 yards of offenses. I think it was like 300 on the ground, 288, something like that on the ground, and, you know, 210 in the air. I mean, his numbers aren't bad. They, I don't think he threw any picks, and, you know, he threw a 60% completion rate, but there was just really nothing there. Um, he did look like Johnny Unitas compared to Robbie Ashford, though. Yeah. Robbie Ashford is not a very good. I mean, we were like his, his legs, you know, he, he made some good runs, but that guy could not throw it out of bounds quickly enough. That's all he seemed to want to do. His best pass the first half was like a deflection from his own guy right. that his guy actually caught. I mean, it was, that was a, that was a freak play. Yeah. He's not very good. And the team's not, or just not very good at all. Uh, it could have easily been a shutout. Um, uh, he, he, I mean, not only that, he was hucking the ball out of bounds like after two seconds. It wasn't mm-hmm. like scrambling, the play was extending, and he just threw it out to it. Was I got nothing boom, out of bounds? It was, uh, I mean, it just goes to show in however many years the difference between the University of Georgia football program and the difference between Auburn is like night and day. I mean, that team has fallen off the map so quickly under Brian Harson. Um, I'm surprised that he's still employed as we're sitting here and recording this on Monday night. Yeah, I agree. So I, I talked to an Auburn guy earlier today about that, and it's the same thing that we're hearing about these huge buyouts that they have these, you know, these these stair step down um, amounts, and they're like, well, waiting for it to get a little lower. And to your point, that you say week in week out, Jason's like, what are you going to do? Fire him down and hire somebody? So yeah, I don't know, but he, he he's not long for the job. Um, I love the the Branson Robinson talk, Jason, that you brought up in the beginning. Like that was my big takeaway that that dude. 
Um, he just showed up, and, and the Nick Chubb comparison is there. I'll give you another one. How about Maurice Jones-Drew? That's another another cop. Um, pretty big shoes for him to fill. Uh, but, I mean, between him and Dijon Edwards, perhaps we have a new one-two combo. Yeah, well, I think Kenny McIntosh is still going to have the one spot. But now we have a, a three-and-a-half-headed monster at running back because – you know, Kendall Milton, say what you will. He had he he's been running harder lately, but he's still got dinged up. But I think he, he's going to get less and less carries as these guys get better and better. Uh, but we have a uh, we have a four deep rotation at running back, which is a pretty good thing to have. So offensive line looked good this week. They opened up some nice holes. The guys ran hard. But so you guys are at the game. Y'all didn't see this uh, on the coverage. It was pretty cool. Not running back related, more Stetson being 76 years old related. They actually showed a, uh, a little clip that showed NFL quarterbacks younger than Stetson Bennett. There's, there are eight. Yes. <laughs> and some really successful guys in that eight, too. Uh, I, I'll find who it is, and we can post it in, in the comments below. But I, I was watching in Texas with not Georgia fans, but you know, they're, they're casual Georgia fans. And they're like, this, be, this can't be right. I'm like, no, 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 this is right. So. That's funny. So how about Larry's losers hitting yet again? On a heater. On a heater covering 30, or was it 29 and a half at kickoff? Um, and at 14 nothing, it didn't look like it was going to happen. Then Stett coughs up the ball on our first drive in the second half. And, I mean, that, that's, uh, you know, listen, it, it's not a sucker bet for nothing. So we'll take the win. We'll move on. Um, I got a few written down here that I'm looking forward to talking to a little bit later in the show here. So where did it come out? I remember I picked 35 so Tanner. Let's, let's try it. And then we get that last touchdown. and went forty-two ten. Who 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 won between the three of us in terms of predictions? Do we know? Or do we have to go back and tape. I think we we're all pretty close. We we're all, we we're all in that same kind of general vicinity. I'd have to pull exactly what we each said, but yeah. I'd give us all a, a check mark on that one. Yeah. So transitioning to the Jimbo of the week, I think that your boy Jimbo is now back-to-back holders of the Jimbo of the week. Oh. It has to be. Yeah. Um, the way that last couple seconds of that game played out is inexcusable on multiple different levels. I mean, you, you can't tell me that he doesn't have a two-point conversion play that they're happy with, that they feel comfortable with, they can go to, um, and they throw that garbage. And on top of it, that he lost three seconds and, and didn't even know it and didn't even say anything about it. I mean, yeah. this guy. Not to mention, not- even the series, be- the series before that, they had fourth and eight. They were going to go for it, and they had two uh, two false starts to move them back to fourth and 18. They you know kicked, kicked the field goal, and then they actually gave them a chance to win in regulation as opposed to tie. But uh, Jimbo's going to Jimbo, bro. Yeah, so you're exactly right. I was going to tee it up. I had a few nominees for the Jimbo of the week, but let's just jump in and give Jimbo, who's this first two-time winner of his namesake award. Not only did he totally shit the bed uh, down the stretch, but I saw reports that he was screaming on that last play, Evan, 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 Evan Stewart. Every D-back from Alabama knew where the ball was going. So, I mean, he totally salted his own crackers. So, Jimbo. I saw the same thing. What a jackass. I mean, you, you don't have some sort of play that you can go to and you've got some sort of signal. I mean, you're literally telling the other side it where the ball is going. even and going to make it to the end, the end zone. Yeah, he literally told the other team the play that they were going to run and then didn't even run it in the end zone. So congratulations, uh, Jimbo. You uh, you give me things to talk about. I guess we could go real real quick and just jump in. So, look, A&M is going to get their 8-4. and four. Maybe not even 8-4. and four. They might end up 7-5. and five. And the Mets, the real Mets, uh, 
played out exactly as we expected them to play out. Totally, you know, uh, crapped the bed and, and mediocrity reigned uh, in New York. So uh, I think we've been calling this both on the real Mets and the Texas A&M Mets. Nailed it. What's y'all's take on Alabama? Clearly they're a different team without Bryce Young. Um, this is two really close calls that they have survived early so, in the season. Um, so the, the, I guess the runner-up for the Jimbo of the, award, Jimbo of the Week award is the Alabama um, uh, audio-video people. When they posted the starting lineups this week before kickoff, they posted Bryce Young as starting quarterback. The whole stadium went bananas, only to find out that he wasn't going to play. Um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> Alabama, uh, without Milrow, I mean, without Bryce Young, with Milrow playing, um, I mean, they're a very beatable team. You know, they got Tennessee coming up this week. I don't know what the status of Bryce Young is on that game. I think he will play. Um, but, man, Jameer Gibbs a stud. But yeah. Milrow is – I mean, he kind of looks a little bit like AR-15 out there. It's like you just don't know what you're going to get. Um, he, he's all over the place. Super inconsistent, a lot of turnovers, great legs. Can he look great at times? But, man, it's just – it's a roll of the dice with him. Um, I'd like for him to start the rest of the year if we're going to – if. We, if we can have that choice. Jameer Gibbs is awesome. He looked, I think he had 158 yards rushing. Might as well cue the stat on Jermaine Burton. I think he was 30 for 48. He did score a touchdown. I think they only threw for 110 yards anyway, Alabama. So, you know, uh, if you look at it that way, he had, you know, half of their, their passing offense, but but he's certainly not lighting it up, Jermaine Burton. But, yeah, Larry, I agree with you on Milrow. I do think that if, if – they can move Bryce Young's shoulder. He's playing this week. Uh, they've got to go to a hostile Knoxville environment. Uh, you never thought that that there'd be concern. And I don't. I don't, don't want to jump in. I don't know if this is part of Larry's losers, but that, I don't even know what the line is. It's got to be somewhat tight. You know, Bama by three or something like that would be my guess. So uh, I'm assuming uh, College Game Day is going to be in Knoxville this week. Um, yeah. And, uh, Alabama is minus seven and a half. Really? So t- t- uh, Tennessee's getting over a touchdown. And let me tell you, the Tennessee hype train is rolling. They, I mean, they think that they're going to make the playoffs. They're probably booking hotel rooms in Atlanta. Um, you know, <laughs> they may be getting a little carried away here. There's great. Hey, fat guy coach, fat guy coach took down LSU. That game was over before it started. We were watching it at, uh, was it Eddie's Calzones? Is that the name of the place? Shout we had out lunch Eddie, at great Calzones. Uh, we don't know what the wings taste like because they couldn't get any ready in time. But So I'm going to disagree with you. Shout out Eddie. Eddie has a great thing going. He has an awesome menu. He has six days, of year, six days out of the year to prepare for it. And my man ended up with three Calzone options, period. That's it. Pepperoni, uh, chicken and ranch and like a bacon or something. Eddie's like, this is what you want. This is what you're going to get. Where's Eduardo's? Like, Where's Eduardo's Calzone? It's shop? right next to Barbarito's. Next to Clayton Barbarito's. Street. Yeah. It was a zoo downtown. I mean, there was just, you couldn't get it anywhere, which is fun. I like to see that. But point being, um, that Tennessee game was over before it started. I mean, the, the final score was like 40 to 12 or 13 or something, but it was never close. I don't know if that's an indictment on on LSU or if Tennessee is is legit. LSU fumbled the opening kickoff and gave Tennessee the ball at the two yard line, so that's not a good way to come out of the gates. You're going to learn a lot this week about who Tennessee really is, right? Uh, obviously, a lot depends on if Bryce Young plays. We've already gone through that. No need to go through it again. Um, but you're learn. We'll see, right? I mean, uh, seven and a half. That that's more than I thought it would be. 
depending on if Bryce Young plays, I, I look. I'm assuming that's the line if Bryce Young plays, but like, why would why? I mean, I would assume it'd be off the board until it's until we got confirmation he's going to play. So it's a little bit odd to me. So for me, this is going to be one of those games where in the fourth quarter it's going to be close, and we'll all be texting, and there's going to be a disagreement as to who we should be rooting for. Right? Um, I think we probably want Tennessee to get losses. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We'll have to play both teams. But let let's not forget though. Tennessee is getting a lot of hype, and they have looked good a couple of times. But who have they beat? No um, one. Yeah, Florida LSU. LSU. Exactly. No they beat LSU. They beat LSU. Florida. Um, Florida sucks. They barely beat Pitt in overtime. I've been on record saying I think Herndon Hooker is a really good quarterback. I do think they have some good offense, and a portly coach helps out in Knoxville, but they haven't really done anything. So let's see what happens. This so like I said, the hype train's so going along. Our, now we'll see what happens. So the hype train out of Big Blue and Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky has left the station now, huh? Yeah. You know, they done. Yeah. They were they were on their backup quarterback too. Will Levis, a potential first round pick, didn't play. Um now they should still handle business against South Carolina. Um, but yeah, it's a bad loss. Terrible. Did y'all see Shane Beamer dance around the locker room with his sunglasses on to the rap music after the game? Did y'all see that? No, I didn't, but he's a perpetual Jimbo of the Week every week. He's Butch Jones 2.0, man. He's going to start giving out awards for uh, champions at life. Yeah. You, you've got to go watch it. Apparently there's some some uh, some beef between him and the Kentucky coach about some comments that were made, and he went full-on Beamer. So was he was he in your running for Jimbo of the Week? I mean, you said you had a couple of candidates. Who, who else is uh, getting votes? Yeah, Brent Venables had it was was a, a big consideration when you lose forty nine to nothing to one of your your biggest rival the week after you got smoked by Little Sisters of the Poor. You you automatically uh, uh, pop up that list. Uh, you know, obviously we were in Dallas this weekend, and and just what an absolute throttling. And by the way, Texas is not that good. Uh, how how far o- OU has fallen? You do still have you know TCU and Oklahoma State as undefeated teams. They play this weekend coming up. Uh, I watched that whole TCU game with some family, and, uh, and look, it was entertaining. TCU is not bad, and, and honestly, Kansas isn't bad either. But just you know, I watched that game right before I watched the Georgia game, and my lord, it is too like it's 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 you know junior varsity. And then you get to the varsity game afterwards. You, you can just see it in the size and the speed. Um, and, and again, Georgia didn't have their A game, but just it, it's night and day. Can can we uh, can we give the Jimbo Award of the Week potentially to an ex coach because Jeff Collins is looking worse and worse as the weeks go on. Brent Keith pulls out another victory for Tech over Duke. Um, we saw some Duke fans, Lawrence, at Waffle House uh, later on in the night. Yeah, the tech fan. Be. It's like yeah. kind of – they're pumped. I was happy for them. We were all talking about Gioff, how much of a clown he is. Like kind of fun conversation. Keys might end up as the, 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 the big guy there. I mean, he might end up with the job. So uh, the Georgia Tech alum that I know, you know, they're like, thank God we got rid of uh, that used car salesman. No offense to used car salesman. Uh, no more money down. No more the rep in the 404. Like, they're, they're so happy to be rid of that guy. I mean, it's amazing. And you know what? I'm happy. Like, I, you know, it's better for the state of Georgia when when Tech's good. It makes that, that game at the first Saturday after Thanksgiving, it makes it more exciting. I, I love the trash talk, and I hope they keep winning. 
Agreed. Keith might be the new coach there. I, I mean, if, if he keeps, if he wins a few more games, I don't know how. He's probably cheaper than, than some of the other guys that, that they would go after. I don't know how you don't give him a serious Well, he comes from the Saban family tree. He's, a, he's an alum of Georgia Tech. Like, right. you know, they could do worse. Yeah, could do worse. So we woke up to a shakeup in the polls. Georgia's back number one, Alabama three, Ohio State two. Am I right? It, do we care? Don't care. We're excited. Um, those are the three best teams. I, I don't my care kids. about the rankings at this point. I did have a shakeup in my top four for the playoffs, though. Um, I have Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, and I'm moving USC out, and I'm pulling Clemson in. Um, and it's mainly because I think the ACC, there's just really no competition. I think Clemson's just solid enough to run the table there. And I think the Pac-12 between USC, undefeated UCLA, Utah, and Oregon all being decent, I think they're going to knock each other up a little bit or knock each other out. Yeah, I, I could get behind that, Lawrence, uh, in, in probably uh, either top three in, in some variation of three with Clemson being four. I, I, I could dig that. Do we think Ohio State's a problem for us? No. Who they played? Well, CJ Stroud would win the Heisman if it were given out today, but fortunately they don't give out the Heisman in October. They're dominating people. They're going to have two games on their schedule. They have Penn State, who we'll find out what Penn State's made of this weekend when they go up against Michigan. And then they got Michigan to the end of the year. So, yeah, but Josh, they blew out who they blew out this weekend. Uh, Michigan State. Michigan State. Okay, fine. We blew out Auburn 42-10, and we didn't look great. We had our B-minus game, you know. So, I don't know, you know. Do they look at that and, go, you know, say the same thing back about Georgia? Uh, you know, uh, we'll, we haven't played – we did play Oregon, right? And that, that that's a legit win. Um, so, we do have that. Ohio State doesn't have anything legit, really. They play, you know, I guess we could say Penn State's decent, but then it's down to Michigan. Michigan's not that great either. I mean, um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. The Ducks keep winning, which I'm happy to see. Are they top 10 now? Because they were 12 last week. They might have crept into the top 10. I, I'm not looking, but looked. you know what? Since the first game of the season, you want know what Bo Nick's statistics are? He's got a 74% completion rate, over 1,600 yards, 1600 yards passing. He's at 20 total touchdowns and one turnover in the five games since he played Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. I bet Auburn wish they had him. <laughs> I bet he's glad he doesn't play Georgia again this year. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of that, I mean, we we got Vanderbilt this weekend. Uh, anyone going? I will not be going to the Vanderbilt game. We got uh, soccer starts back up after a couple week hiatus, and so we will be at the soccer fields at five p.m. on Saturday night. Uh, so I'll be watching the game from my phone. I'd like to go. Um, we had a great time last weekend. Graham was kind of like a kid in the candy store. He hadn't been to the stadium in several years. He's older now, so he gets it a little bit more. Dana hasn't been in years. And, and so if we go, it would be the four of us as a family. Um, thinking about it, we have some kids' sports in the morning that we've got to kind of play around with. But um, I'm not ruling it out. I think that it's going to be a fun game to go to with with, uh, with the family. I think it's going to be a blowout. I think the score is going to be pick what you want, right, 40s to less than 10. Um I don't see any angle about this game that, that should concern a Georgia fan. Um, but I don't know. What do y'all think? Yeah, I'm in the same same boat. We, we, uh, we, I, I don't have tickets yet. I might try to pick some up this week and interview the same thing, take the family. Uh, the weather looks great. I think the dogs, Larry, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's 39 points. 
Um, I, I I don't think you're not going to see Jalen Carter. I doubt you. Maybe you get Andy Mitchell in a little bit just to run him, you know, and get him some you know live fire reps. Uh, but then after that, we go into the bye week, right? And, and, and really, you'll get Jalen Carter back. You should have Jalen Carter back for Florida. We the defensive line did play really well this week, um, but but you're missing him. You know, he, he's. He's a top five pick. He's a game changer in there, and, and I'd like to have him back for Florida and uh, 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 Tennessee and, and uh, Kentucky, Mississippi State as well. So back after the schedule, this is definitely a lot tougher. Um, and, and it so be my scouting so, report that I've received on the Vanderbilt Commodores, also known as the most improved team in the SEC, according to Kirby Smart. Uh, but my scouting report comes from the one and only Griff Lucas, the only Vanderbilt fan I know. He said, "He's Brian Mathis. Brian Mathis. <laughs> okay, Brian Mathis. Fans. So." He said, if you can pass the ball, you'll cover the number. If you can't, then you probably won't. Uh, but I think we found our running game, and I think we're going to be able to run it down their throats. I think we're going to be able to pass it at will. I think Bama beat them, what, 55 nothing a couple weeks ago? So I think we're probably going to see a pretty similar number to that. And I don't know if this guy's relevant or not, but they had a guy named Rocco leave the team today. I'm not sure if he was a starter or what. Um, but, uh, you know, Vanderbilt is slightly better than they were last year. And I believe like didn't Brock Bowers have like seven touchdowns in the first quarter last year against them in Nashville. Um, I think it's going to get ugly early. I think we get healthy going into the bye week. Um, and it'll be a beautiful day in Athens if you guys get to go. Well, Larry, I was going to say we wouldn't cover, but now that I know Rock's gone, we're (laughs) definitely covering this. Changes the game. I'll tell you where I will be this week, though, is going to be down at Truist Park. For, uh, for a little Braves, Phillies, NLDS. Can't wait for that. You guys going to make any of the games? I'm going. I have tickets for tomorrow, but I ha- I'm not back from Dallas till. Uh, and this, by the way, this is Monday evening. I've got tickets for tomorrow, and I'm not going to be back till after the game. Um, I, and then I have tickets for Wednesday. So I'm going to go down Wednesday, probably get there, have a few cervezas, as they say, before the game. Maybe we'll meet up. So I'm going tomorrow, not going Wednesday. Um, you know, I know everybody was 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 pissed off about the the start times that we got. I'm okay with it. I don't need the eight o'clock start time that goes till midnight. Get stressed out before I go to bed. I'm happy to go down there at one o'clock, have the services you just mentioned. Gains me over by dinner time. Um, I don't think the advantage one way or the other it matters. I mean, uh, at night, you know, there's a great atmosphere at Truist, but let's just kick their ass tomorrow at one. Kick their ass Tuesday, Wednesday at four. Beat them one time in Philadelphia yeah, and you know, then bring on the next. Maybe the, uh, maybe the Braves will play with you know a little uh, bulletin board material thinking that they're being slighted because they get the uh, the day game. Uh, but take care of business. I won't be making it. I uh, My travel schedule is bananas these next few weeks. I'm actually heading to New Orleans tomorrow night. Um, so I'll be watching from, uh, from the Big Easy. And hopefully we take care of business in the first two games, go back to Philly, uh, and get a little rest before we play the winner of the Dads versus the Doyers uh, next week. Josh, I agree with you. I, I'm okay with the early games because remember last season with the NLCS and the World Series. I mean, up till twelve thirty every night. Couple of, couple of pops each evening. The old uh, the old body wasn't doing so good by the time we uh, you know clinch clinch that thing. So uh, I'm fine with the early games. And I li- I like it where the kids can actually watch the yeah. games. I mean, you know, all of us have small kids that want to be involved, but if the game starts. When they're going to well, bed, not like too many, happen. Not so. too many kids are going to be able to watch a 1 o'clock start either, but they'll catch the very end of it. Right. They'll be home for the end. I mean, they can't watch nine innings anyway. Put them on for the last one or two innings. What's That's what's the rotation look like? I've been out of it the past couple of days. So it'll be freed. Um, it'll be freed right. 
Morton, and then I think that Strider is is kind of like up in the air if they're going to bring him for a game four or maybe some sort of long relief if he's healthy enough to go. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I'm excited about it. All right, before we finish up, we got to hit Larry's losers, aka the sucker. So I think, of the I week, think we're like four and two Blair. on the year, um, so we're doing pretty good. We're making we're making the listeners money. Um, first of all, we got a, a really like we had a great slate of games this weekend. Um, but I, there's three games that I have highlighted. I think we're going to get a, a, a triple action Larry's Losers picks. The first we've already discussed. I think Tennessee plus seven and a half uh, is a huge, huge sucker bet. I mean, no one is going to pick them. I mean, no one's going to pick Bama based off what they saw last week, especially with the question marks around Bryce Young. And Bama is not good on the road. And I think that you tease the sucker bet. I'm taking Bama, laying the points. That's sucker bet one. Sucker bet two, America's team, the Kansas Jayhawks, plus seven and a half against the Sooners. How on earth is Oklahoma favored by a touchdown against anybody? They can't score. Taking the Sooners. Kansas is a sucker bet. And then finally, USC is plus three and a half against Utah which I think is crazy. Like Utah is an average team. They lost to crappy Florida. USC is, you know, the pride of the Pac-12 right now. I think I'm putting them on upset alert, and I'm taking the Utes this weekend. Yeah, so I'm not going to touch. I'm not, I, I can't take – typically I like to be adversarial with you, um, but I can't take the Bama game because I just don't know with, with – with, uh, <clears throat> so we get some clarity on Bryce Young's uh, elbow. I'm not willing to go anywhere. Can't, you, you took – I'm taking the, the Sooners. Sooners. Kansas is the sucker bet. I'll roll with Kansas. Yep. I'm getting seven and a half. You got it. Uh, I, that, that, that's where my head's at. Hand yep. raise. I've got several questions in no particular order. Number one, have you confirmed that these lines are actually yes. live as of today and not – Yes, and I confirmed that those are the lines up. as of, I think, 4.30 this afternoon. Okay. Number two, I believe this is called the sucker bet of the week, not the sucker bets of the week. So I'm more than happy for you to do whatever the hell you want. There's no rules here. However, when you start off the segment by saying you're four and two, what's going to happen next week? Are you going to be five and four, six We're going to be like, seven like, and two what, next what, what are you doing? Listen, the people consistency the people here. want. I'm giving, I'm giving a three-pack well, of picks this week, a special one-week only. There's no Jimbo's of the week. If you're asking Jimbo me to pick one, the biggest sucker. If you want me yes, to pick one of those, pick the one. biggest sucker bet line out there is Kansas plus seven and a half. Oh, there we go. Now, now, now we're playing. Now we're America's yeah, okay, team, now we're America's good. Team, I'm hey, sorry. Dance, we're going to that one. I'll take I'm taking Kansas on this one. Uh, so I'm getting seven and a half to Oklahoma Correct. team that can't score. Trust me. I hate right, that like, pick. It's terrible. But it's a sucker bet. Your your other your other two are noted, but we do have to tie you down to just one because then it loses some of its uh, authenticity and some of its luster. So, all right, guys, we're at the thirty minute mark. We did a quick run around the nation, hit the high points. Anything that we missed? Anything on y'all's notes that uh, is of so much importance? One, one thing of that, I, that I saw this week: there's a running back for the Pitt Panthers who last week ran for three hundred twenty yards and six touchdowns. 
I can't pronounce his last name. It's like Abaconda or Biakabatuka, something like that. Um, I mean, that's pretty pretty ridiculous. Six, 320 yards, six touchdowns. I think he's got to be added to uh, maybe replaces Stetson on the Heisman watch list. Yeah, I'm just excited when we reconvene next week that the Dogs will be 7-0 going into a bye week, hopefully getting healthier, and the Braves will be moving on to smack around the Dodgers. So I, I, that, that, that's what I'm looking forward to talking to you guys in seven days about. Hey, or, or the dads. Nick Adams is a um, faithful listener of this podcast, so we got to shout out Nick Adams that the dads that care of business get the met. They look tough, man. I mean, they got a three-man rotation. They might be that team that's getting hot at the right time. So I'm not, and I'm they not got too. So, uh, yeah, they're scary. Yeah, I'll do respect yeah. to Nick. That wasn't a shot at you. Uh, just just going with the, <laughs> the odds there. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, guys. Enjoyed it. Thank you all for listening. Remember, you have to find us a different place now. College Football's Last Call, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Until next time, as go always, dogs. keep chopping and go dogs. Uh, oh, I love it. See you guys. <laughs>